guys and welcome to Happy Single Mums, a podcast surrounding real single mummy life. So here's your host, me, Khalifa. Hey guys, welcome to the Happy Single Moms podcast. I'm your host, Khalifa. Today we've got a magnificent lady from America. Her name's Tracy. She is a doctor a doctor of physical therapy and certified master in neuro neuro and a neuro coach. Yeah. Um, you yeah. help frustrated women regain control um, of their health using proven brain and body methods so um i really don't know what that is just yet but and i'm hoping that you can explain <laughs> hence why the introduction is a bit sketchy because um i'm still trying to figure out um what it is but i do love your story i love the fact that you you um are a single mom now and um you in the email that you sent me you exude so much strength as well so please tell the audience a bit about yourself tracy your journey um and the service you provide as well Yeah, so thanks for having me. Um, Where do I even begin? Because I know when you read my when you read my intro, it does it sounds confusing. And that has been my mission is how to explain what it is that I do. So I am a doctor of physical therapy. And as a clinician treating in the, you know, traditional healthcare model, I always wanted, no matter what patients came to me with pain, you know, injuries, I always wanted to know why, why did you hurt? What's going on a little bit deeper? And through that, I started working with a lot of uh, women. I started dealing with a lot of postpartum women specifically who were dealing with a lot of physical issues and a lot of pain. But what I started noticing is there was more going on. There was more going on emotionally. And any mom out there who is resonating with this, when I say you, you enter this motherhood thing and nobody gives you this guide of you still matter. And your body is different. Your body is forever different, but there are so many things that your body can do well. And we don't connect and we don't give women the permission to to take care of themselves and to connect why it matters. And so that's kind of been a foundational, like there was always something in the back of me that said, I need to help people on a deeper level. Sure, I can help your physical pain, but there's so many reasons why women struggle with this start stop cycle in their health, ending up feeling frustrated, overwhelmed, and really defeated. And That led me to stepping away from the traditional clinic. And in this season that I did that, I was at a crossroads of my marriage as well, where I started, I knew that my my husband was dealing with an alcohol addiction. And of course, it was probably going on for a long time. But by the time that I realized something's not right, I was at this crossroads of knowing my marriage is either going to be okay and I'm going to rock this business, or my marriage is going to end, and I refuse to be the, I don't know, I guess I had in my head of the statistical single mom who was grinding, and and I don't even know where I got this from, because I don't come from that background, but I had in my head of the single mom who was grinding and working 60 hours a week, and, and barely scraping by, and just miserable, And I knew I refused to be that woman. So no matter what, 
I knew I have to do something to help myself, to help my family, and to change the trajectory of my life. And unfortunately, it did end in, I had to end my marriage. It was to the point that I could not, I could not live that life of having that alcohol influence in my home and watching my two little boys think that that was normal and that that was okay. And meanwhile, COVID is happening while this is, <laughs> while this is unraveling. This happened during COVID. I mean, I mean, talk about the perfect storm where I, I had, I had made the, the decision that, okay, I can't do this in September of 2019. And there was, and then it was actually going to be finalized in February of 2020. And last minute, he said, no, I'm an alcoholic. I'm going to go get help. I'm going to, we're going to go through this process. And I thought, oh my gosh, right now you're doing this last minute, but I, I had to, I had to give that chance because I knew I would always question what if I didn't and what if he really does want help? And, and I, and I was willing to be that woman to walk him through getting the help he needed. That did not go well. And, and then the world fell apart <laughs> and it just got worse. So I, I battled this and I didn't know what to do because COVID and courts are closed. And I finally met with a lawyer and I said, I have to get out of this house. I cannot, the, the toxic energy in my home was so bad. My two little boys, here I am homeschooling and trying to work and the toxic energy in my home was terrible and I had to get out. But through this, it solidified why my health was so important. And so many people looking on the outside had no idea that this was going on because I knew how important it was for me to stay well, to take care of my boys through this. And long story, but we did leave in November of 2020. So it's been almost a year now. Wow. And and, and then everything was finally finalized in March of uh, this year, 2021. But it's been this pathway that it made me realize. And after, after we left and so many people that I knew were in shock of, I didn't even know that you were dealing with this um, because of course it's so good to put on our best face, but truly I was okay. Even though my world was crumbling around me. It, I, it just like, again, it burned inside of me. This is when people's health falls apart, but this is also when our health matters the most. And how do I help women navigate through these seasons, through these transitions, so that it's not these peaks and valleys of, um, I'm all in and I'm motivated and I'm doing all the right things to, something happens and I'm doing nothing. And if you think about everyone, whether you dealt with something really hard last year, or the, you know, the past 18 months or something just regular life, everyone dealt with a constant roadblock, mm -hmm. a constant transition and shift. Your kids are in school, your kids are out of school. How do I navigate this? And I hear these women swirling around in overwhelm of, you want me to take care of myself too? Yeah. And, 
and it feels impossible. It feels heavy and overwhelming. And that's when I really dove into the brain science piece with this. And so that's where that um, neuro coaching certification comes into play is because it's these stories that play on autopilot that keep us stuck. And this could be your health. This could be the way that you mother. This could be your career path. But we have these, these thoughts playing in the background of, you can't do this. Or the time that your mom told you, just wait till you have kids, it's all over. And, or, oh honey, these are just your genetics. You're always going to be this size. It's impossible to stay healthy. Or even for myself, somewhere I got some sort of notion that it's impossible to be healthy and not have to hustle and grind and be a hot mess if you're a single mom. Those stories play in our head. And if we let them run the show, no matter how motivated and how excited we are, they will always run the show. So it's like, it's like having the gas pedal on and the brake pedal on all at the same time. How many women say, okay, I'm fed up. I'm going to get motivated. I'm going to start eating right. I'm going to start exercising. I'm ready. I'm going to go for it. And they do. But the back of their head has this chatter that says, you've done this before. It never works. It's too hard. You've got too much on your plates. You've got to take care of your kids. You have to do it this way. And we're, we're told really by so many different people, society of how healthy should be that we don't look at what is health to me. Because what health is to me is going to be different to you. Mm-hmm. What healthy is to me right now in my season is going to look different in five, 10 years. And maybe as my life was falling apart, I couldn't do all the things that maybe I used to do. And we have this choice then is, is it worth it? Or is, is it okay that I'm just going to, I'm going to do what I can do. And it's building on our success because we have this thought of, you know, gym shutdown, for example. And if we have the belief of, I can't be healthy, I can't exercise unless I'm going to the gym and doing my intense workout, then why bother? Yeah. What's, what's the point? And if that runs the show, we're going to give up each and every time. But in regards to, um, to your own personal story, um, so how, when you were going through that, like that, that, that the divorce um, and that transitional period, how then, if your life is crumbling around you, it's kind of like that game Jenga, you know, where you actually stack up everything and, and then you just put one more piece and everything comes tumbling down. How then can you quieten that inner criticness in our heads? How then can you even want to? get the strength to even want to eat healthy or want to exercise or or want to I don't know just move because I know when I when I um got when I got pregnant with my son and my son's dad said that he wanted me to get rid of him and I was then working full-time and studying full-time and didn't have a lot of support I didn't I would go to work and come back home and cry I hardly even wanted to eat healthy. I hardly even wanted to get out of bed. So how, where do you get that 
you, the inner critic is there it's doing its job yes but then when you where do you get the inner cheerleader where does that where does that strength come from well the inner critic is going to be playing because your brain's job is to keep you safe yeah. it's it's there to keep us safe and cozy and so it serves us until it doesn't and so what I really like to work with people and walk them through is it's not so much of what do you have to do? Because you're absolutely right. When you were in that season, you were doing all the things and all you wanted to do was just crumble and go to bed and cry because we lay out health as what do I have to do? Well, you, when you're in that moment, you don't want to do anything else. You don't have the physical or mental capacity to do anything else on your list. And so I like to flip it up. Who do I need to be? And I had to remind myself that every single, probably multiple times a day, it's who do I need to be in this? Who do my boys need me to be versus what do I have to do? Because when we look at it as, oh, I have to cook a healthy meal. I have to exercise. I have to eat a kale salad. Like, no, all I want to do is eat ice cream and cookies because I feel sorry for myself. We get to look at that story and say, does the ice cream and the cookies serve me? Because sometimes the answer to that is yes. Sometimes I'm going to eat the cookies with my kids because it's fun and that's okay. But we get to ask that question of, is this moment right now going to serve who I am and who I want to be? And then we get this power to pause and decide of, is it worth it? Or am I just wallowing in my self-pity right now? Mm -hmm. And just that pause I, I teach my clients this, of this power of the pause, where we get to step back from our swirling word, world around us and say, is this really who I am? Is this really what I want? Because we don't know, a lot of times we don't know where, what health even means to us and where we want to go. So if you don't know where you're going, then how can you make those decisions of who do I need to be? And so for me, I knew I needed to be the mom that had the energy that I didn't feel overwhelmed because when I feel, I know when I feel overwhelmed and tired, I get snippy and I don't like being that mom. And my kids don't like that mom. And it's almost like you have to rewind, like reverse engineer the health. So we have to look at who am I going to be first mm -hmm. and does this decision honor that person. And then it's not a matter of like willpower and restriction to force myself to exercise, to willpower myself away from the sugary treats. It's a, I get to pause and decide of who am I going to be in this moment? Who do I want to be? How do I want to feel? And how does that play out for the people that matter in my life? And that was a big thing for me is my kids, my kids don't like that mom. And I don't like that mom. And that mom makes me sad. And so then it's, it's just, this is who I am. And so it's, it's really automating our health so that we always know where we're going. So no matter what chatter is going around, around swirling around us, 
we always have this path of this is who I know I am. And this is how I know I want to be. And I know that even the small successes are going to lead me to that person. Even if it doesn't feel like this massive thing, it's those small wins. They matter. So how then in that kind of dark side of, of that, that dark season of life, how then do you get, because you have to have that vision of who you want to be, but when your life is crumbling around you, how do you even get to get that visualization of who you even want to be when things, when there's a life altering situation whereby there's a divorce or maybe um, you've lost all your money and how can you even picture who you want to be when, I know obviously when you're going to go back to, to, to the mind, but how, how can you picture that person? Ooh, that is a really good challenging question. You know, I think it's really like, we just, it's going back to our roots yeah. of what matters to me and what am I made for? And sometimes we have to dig deep of, you know, when you are going through that tough season, when you're feeling unloved or worthless because of a divorce, it's really hard to remember that person again. And I guess it's just, it's just really tracing back to who was I before this? Mm. And, and maybe you didn't even like that person before. And so it's, and again, it's, it's looking back at, or maybe looking forward is, okay, if I'm not happy with where I am, what needs to happen to be that person? And how do I really want to feel? And it's going to feel impossible. But when we can just, when we can start just repeating it and repeating it and, re and it's not just this positive affirmation thing, because there's a lot of just think positive, but if your brain doesn't believe that you're that person, it's going to feel, it's going to feel ugly and it's not going to align. And so I like to really dig deep with people of what is, what does it matter to you? What does health even mean to you? Because it's not just about having six pack abs and looking hot in a swimsuit. Sure. Everyone says that they, you know, everyone wants to feel beautiful, but when we really start looking, most women will tell me, well, I would just, I want to have energy. Well, I don't want to snap at my kids. I want to just be able to stand in the mirror and not hate this person. And so then we start looking at, okay, what does a person who, what does the mom who doesn't snap at her kids look like? How does she act? How does she adjust? How does she sleep? How does she live? How does she eat? How does she move her body? Because then we can start seeing that person, even if it's not seeing us, we can have that image of, okay, that mom who, who aligns with this thing, this value that I have, this is who she is. This is how she's becoming. So then we can start painting a clearer picture and putting it upon ourselves. Yeah. So what, um, cause you sent me this question and what are three lies that keep us um, unmotivated? Cause I, I suffer with this as well. Like I, um, I said during the pandemic that I was going to do some yoga, I was going to do some exercise. I did it for maybe like a month 
um, I was waking up early and then afterwards one day it's so weird just one day can just I don't know just turn a whole good progress <laughs> and just turn it bad and I just reverted back to not exercising at all so yeah how can we stay stay motivated yeah so one of the things that I talk about a lot is this this idea of motivation People struggle with consistency and they say, I just need to get motivated. The problem with I just need to get motivated is it's really operating from a state of I have to do this thing and I have to willpower and force myself through it. And so already right there, even though it sounds great, of I'm just going to get motivated. Motivation doesn't last unless we have that deep why. So again, we have to go back to the beginning of why does it matter and who are you becoming? Because then it's just, okay, I just gotta, I gotta get my motivation going. But then, like you said, something happens, something comes up, some, a kid gets sick, work doesn't go as planned, money stresses, something always happens. And how do we adjust and adapt? Because most people are going to tell you, you know, you, and you can Google this and Pinterest and YouTube and all the things, you can find a great exercise program, you can find a great diet, but nobody's giving you that foundational piece of how do we get it to stick? Mm. Because, and how do we get it to stick when life changes? Because what once worked, what maybe worked in your health five to even two years ago might not work now because your life's different, your um, just your season's different, your body's different. But if we stick ourselves to this is what I need to do and this is the exercise, this is the way that I need to eat, but your life does not align with that, it's going to be this constant roller coaster of motivation, hustle, failure. And again, and again, and again, and that cycle continues. And so it's being able to, again, going back to that why of who am I becoming through this and working through those stories in the brain of how do I adapt and shift for every season so that I can be successful no matter what, so that I don't need the willpower. So I know that even that day that I slip and I don't eat the way that I wanted, or I missed my workout, I know, I still know where I'm going and tomorrow's a new day. And just because one day didn't go as planned, it doesn't mean that the whole trajectory is lost. So, so what would you say are actually healthy goals to have? Like what, what kind of healthy goals do you think most moms should implement in their lives? Well, again, I think it's really knowing what matters to you. And most people will come to me saying, I'm frustrated with my weight, but it really comes down to then the energy. Most women talk to me about the energy piece um, and the overwhelm. And so again, looking at what does it mean for you so that you can stay aligned, so that you can stay consistent through these seasons. So it's not this perfect, like one size fits all health. It's a, what matters in your health right now? Mm. Is, is healthy for you right now? 
just to get some sleep? Then start there. Is healthy right now to eat a healthy breakfast that has a good balance of protein and fat and fiber? Okay, start with that. Is healthy for you to take a 10 minute walk in the middle of the, your day so you don't go crazy? Okay, start there. And so instead of you have to do it this way, you have to eat this and don't eat this and you have to exercise this way, let's look at how do we fit this into your life? Because I could tell you all the great exercises and all the great things to eat, but if it's not conducive to what your life and your family dynamic looks like, your brain's going to say, I can't do this. Yeah. This is too much. This is too overwhelming. And then it, and then you fail. So then your brain solidifies that belief of, you see, this always happens. You can't do it. Instead of let's build upon our successes. Most health programs are based off what you're doing badly. They're based off all your failures of you're not exercising, right? You're not eating, right? all the things that we're not doing. So let's look at what are you doing well and how can we build upon that and how can we continue to move forward with where you're successful and adapt and shift and build upon your success so that it's not these constant peaks and valleys. I, when I coach with my women, I call it the curvy journey because it's this, so if we know on your podcast, these people aren't going to be able to see this, but we always know we're going up. So we've got this vision of this map going up, but there's always going to be little blips. So instead of those high peaks and low lows, when life is going good and then when life is crumbling, instead, we're going to have the going up period, but then we're going to have that dip, but then we're going to know, okay, it's just a little, it's just a little curve. It's just a little blip, but I'm going to move up and I'm always going to keep moving up because we have a clear picture of where we're going through our health. So instead of those peaks and valleys, because every woman dealt with one curveball after another in this past year and a half, I don't know about you, but the kids situation of in and out of school, it was just how many times are we going to do this? <laughs> and even now, you know, we're still in the United States anyways, we're still dealing with if your kid is sick for one day, plan on them being out for several days because you've got to go through all the testing and all the things. So we're still having this constant, okay, hang on, another roadblock. I'm going to adapt. I'm going to shift, but I still know where I'm going because I still know how I want to feel at the end of the day. Yeah. So I was going to ask you um, a question. I oftentimes when because I'm quite I'm quite slim myself so I find that whenever I try I actually want to put on weight but whenever I try and put on weight it just goes straight to my belly yeah and then I look like I'm like maybe one or two months pregnant and then I then have the the issue of trying to have to lose the belly weight but then I'm ending up losing more weight and like whenever I go into Google for example and I type in um, lose belly flat lose belly fat like there's just you're inundated with so much information that I just think you know what I'm just going to order a pizza you know like I just can't be bothered so with yes. so much noise in society in regards to 
eat this, do that. One minute, um, the, the, the health advisors are saying coffee is good for you. Next minute, coffee is not good for you. Black chocolate, dark chocolate, water. Like we, are, we have information overload. Yes. What, what advice could you give to a, a mom listening? Actually, I want to be healthy, but with so much info how can I make the right choices because there's too many for us to think (laughs) you're absolutely right I mean no wonder people get overwhelmed and just forget it I'm just gonna order the pizza because yeah eat this don't eat this so this is what I tell people because I don't I don't believe in pigeonholing people into this is how you have to eat and diet and do it perfect because you're going to fail So what I tell people is there are four pillars to, to basically how we eat of, and these are things that are going to manage our blood sugars, calm our uh, cravings and, and balance our hormones. So those three things are huge to keep us full, keep us energized, keep us from wanting to binge out on the garbage. And it's, and it's going to help control and regulate your gut as well so that you can process So those four pillars include a fat, you know, trying to get as healthy, as healthy as a fat that we need, but our bodies do need fat, protein, a um, a fiber source, and a dark leafy green. And with that, you're going to be getting your carbs too. And so when we, when we operate on these four pillars, it's really cool because then we get to kind of pick and choose of, okay, I've got my foundation, I've got my fat my fiber, my protein, and my greens. And that's going to balance all these things. And so it's not, this is how you have to eat. Now we get to kind of pick and choose these things so that we can regulate. And now you're more balanced and you get the freedom. I mean, that's what we all want is freedom, right? Instead of feeling restricted. Mm -hmm. And so, okay, maybe you do choose the pizza. It's going to be heavy on the fat. Um, but then maybe you add, okay, I'm going to get some nice, dark, leafy greens, but I can get a little bit more fiber in it. I add a better protein source and I balance that out. And so now we are able to balance our, our blood sugars more so that we can control it so that we don't feel like garbage because you don't want to feel guilty over your eating. You want to feel free and you want to have like, you know, you want to be light, but dang it. You just want to eat pizza sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, you're definitely right. And um, there was a time I was on online and I was doing some research and I came across the fact that there's certain foods that um, help with depression. And it's so like the omega-3s, for example, there are a variety of foods that mm-hmm. actually help you with, with your with our moods. And it's so it's so I feel like some this is something that they need to teach in schools and that yes. even with our, our own children as well we, we need to make sure they're eating the right right foods because they their moods kind of change so what advice would you give to um someone listening to actually do some more research on or where to seek information for um the kinds of foods that we should eat to improve our our moods and yeah make us feel feel happy yeah um, there's actually two books that I love, and one is it's called Body Love, and her name is Kelly Levesque. 
it is such a good book. She talks about these pillars and it's very science-based, yes. um, but she talks about how these pillars and how eating in this particular pattern are going to help us. Um, and then there's another book called Eat Smarter. And it is, it's fascinating to talk about a lot of these issues um, that, you know, that you're saying of the depression, I mean, depression, anxiety, these kinds of things are huge right now. Um, And a lot of times depression is coming from an inflammatory state of your body. So if we're eating in a way that our body is inflamed, it's going to start affecting our brain, which starts affecting some of those patterns too. I mean, it's, it's fascinating what we don't know about our bodies and we just eat in a certain way. And a lot of people are operating from a very inflamed state and don't even realize it. And we're living in a very fear, anxious world right now that's playing into all these things. It's playing into your, your gut feeling poochy, you know, feeling that belly. It's playing into low immunity and everyone wants a a higher immune system these days. So all of these things is playing into our energy and our mood and how we feel. It's, it's very powerful what we put into our bodies, but I also don't like to be, you know, restrictive and legalistic about it either. So what are your thoughts on them? Cause I know that a lot of people have uh, become plant-based and vegan. It's kind of like, I feel like it's really trendy right now. So um, what are your thoughts on that? I love my meat and I don't think you will ever let, I don't, I would be shocked if anyone ever talked me out of eating my meat, but, but it responds well to my body. You know, I have friends who they can't eat beef because they just blow up and they feel terrible for me. Beef feels amazing. And so again, I don't know. I don't know if there's a perfect solution, obviously. I mean, we all know healthy fats and vegetables are good for us. There's no, there's no lie to that. But again, it's looking at how does your body feel about it? And do you enjoy the process? Mm -hmm. If you're miserable thinking I can only, you know, if you have that belief of, I can only be healthy if I eat this kale salad every day, but you hate kale. Like I got to eat chicken breast, broccoli, and kale. If that's your belief and you try to force yourself through that, you're going to go back to the pizza Yeah, because it's, it makes you happy. (laughs) It's comforting. And so when we can just live in this life of more of a balance, um, I do love, um, chia seeds are my best, my new best friend, there is just so much power packed in something like a chia seed because you're getting those good omega fats, mm-hmm. you're getting the fiber, you're getting a little bit of protein, it's keeping you full, it's, it's helping your gut. So there's stuff like that, that are giving you a lot of those beneficial things that our bodies need that we can throw in to other things. Yeah. So what are the benefits of our children seeing us eat healthy, exercise, do a lot of um, self-care? Do you think there are any benefits in our kids actually seeing us do this whilst they're young? I think so. I think so many women feel guilty for exercising because they think it's taking away from their kids. But I also think it's such a gift that we can give our kids of, hey, remember mom, she still matters. And when mom does this, 
I'm a better mom. And my boys, my boys are hilarious because they know mommy, you need to exercise or mommy, you need to sleep because you're grouchy when you don't. And I've, but I've, but I've laid that out to them. Like, do you like the grouchy mom? No, we don't. (laughs) Okay. So these are the things that mommy needs to do to not be that grouchy, irritated mom. And, and, you know, sometimes they sabotage my workout and it turns into just a chaotic mess, but it's fun. And we're all moving our bodies together. And so that's another thing is it doesn't have to be perfect. And your kids are going to mess up your workout potentially, but get them involved and give them a weight and just be funny with them. Or if it's chasing and doing little races in the park, whatever that looks like for you is so powerful. And of course, I'm, I'm a mom, just like everyone else, that it's not easy to get my kids to eat vegetables. Okay. Mm-hmm. If there is a mom out there who's doing that well, props to them. But it's, I guess it's just getting them to try it and explaining to them why we're eating these things. And I eat these things because they make my body feel good. And again, not leading kids into this shame of this is bad. You shouldn't eat this food. Your kids are going to eat candy. They're going to love candy. But instead of shaming them into you shouldn't eat the candy. You should be eating this food. Let's make a healthy balance and let's help them understand how do you feel when you eat that much candy? How does your body feel when you eat this food versus this food? And kids are actually smarter than we think that they are. And they know when their bellies hurt. They know when they're tired. And if we can draw that attention to them, I think that's, that's very powerful because it's just like us, like, okay, I just ate that donut. How did I, it was delicious. How do I feel? Was it worth it? And to have that conversation with our kids, even if they might not be able to process it, just making them aware of how did you feel when you ate that certain thing? Yeah. Well, I felt good. I didn't feel good. They're, they're going to start picking up on those things. And those could potentially be some very healthy habits as they take into adulthood when they start making more of those choices for themselves. Yeah, awesome. I was going to ask you, how do you actually um, time manage then? How do you slot in um, time for yourself alongside the children, alongside work and juggling all those balls without dropping anything what advice could you give us I think for me the best advice I could give is to time block wow and to set your intentions I honestly I give myself three things to do each day because I know I can do three things and so what I do is I prioritize my day is of these are the three things that matter most to me. And those, those could be your business. You know, I usually have like a business one, uh, something for me one, like a health one and, uh, with my boys one, Mm -hmm. because those are my three, like for me, those are my three pillars of importance in my life Mm -hmm. is my boys, my health and my work. And I know I can do at least three things 
every day. But when I do those three things, I feel successful because how many people have 8 million things on their to-do list? We all do. I do. But when we operate off that list of 8 million things to do, we end up laying our heads down at night, feeling unsatisfied, frustrated, and mediocre because we think I didn't do anything. Even though you did, you probably did 6,000 things, but because that list is so big, you didn't process those wins. So what I do is I process my three wins and I feel successful. And my brain tells me, hey, you were successful today. I did 12,000 other things today, but all I'm going to focus on is those three things that mattered and I'm going to acknowledge them and celebrate them. And that's, and so then your brain wants to keep coming back for more. And then for me, like, I, I love time blocking where I literally set a timer of, I'm going to do this task for 45 minutes mm. or, and I, and I lay things out with my kids too, of if it's on those days that I pick them up and I still have a meeting or something after I pick them up from school, I lay out to them of, this is when my meeting is and I'm going to do my meeting. And then afterwards, we're going to play Legos and we're going to set a timer. I set timers with my children and we set a timer for 45 minutes, for example, and we're going, and I'm going to turn off my phone and I'm going to be fully present playing those Legos for 45 minutes. And it's amazing. And when I lay out that plan to them, they feel fulfilled. They feel like I gave them what they needed. Even though you might think it's just 45 minutes, it's 45 minutes that really mattered. And I feel successful as a mom. They feel fulfilled as a kid. And it works. Brilliant. So Tracy, um, if someone is listening right now um, and they're in a dark storm, what advice would you want to give them? I would want to tell them that there's always light at the end. And there, I think the best views come from the hardest hills to climb. So keep climbing, even on those darkest days, just remembering what matters and knowing it's gonna be messy, but it doesn't have to be perfect, but it can be beautiful. Absolutely brilliant. So where can people find you on social media um, for any advice for your coaching? Yeah, so I hang out on Instagram as movement.warrior and my Facebook community is hardwired for health. Brilliant. Thank you so much for taking out the time and coming yeah, on. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me today. It's been lovely.